virgin all the way. Oh, and it's a beautiful goal! What a Welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and I am at the Blind Football, essentially World Cup, uh, in Birmingham. And Rob, where are you at this current time? You're actually in your usual position, aren't you? So uh, it's kind of me who's got the uh, the kind of, I say dodgy end, it's, the, uh, it's the, the unique position of doing a podcast on. But at least I'm at a football event. Yeah, I was uh, when we last spoke. I was in a in an apartment in Malta, trying to keep myself below thirty five degree heat. Uh, today, I'm in my I'm even better in, than in my usual position. I've actually taken the time to set my home studio up because I'm doing a few voiceovers this afternoon. So I've got probably the best sound quality I've had on a podcast in a long while. And you're outdoors at the football. Yes, properly outdoors at the football, and uh, just trying to work out actually whether it's uh, whether it's too loud, too near my. Uh my mouth or whatever the, the microphone walking around the pitch there's um essentially there's a break in play this afternoon and uh, so we've got a bit of time to do that you can hear in the background the french national team actually going through their uh, their training because they their opponents actually haven't haven't actually made it here so um so yeah so that's why there's a gap in the afternoon england uh but they they lost against germany the other day uh the women's side have been doing okay so still all to play for and the women's uh, football team when it comes to England uh, have got over in Australia have got through to the final so that's uh, excellent news looking forward to that uh, on I think Sunday I think the final is going to be but there's lots of news regarding Leicester so we haven't got back to our regular podcasters yet um, due to holidays and events and that sort of thing eventually it will settle down and we'll get back into our into our usual routine but for now I'm walking across one of the rubber crumb pitches that we used at the uh, at the Commonwealth Games, I believe, basking in the glory, Rob, of three wins for Leicester. Now, I suppose we could go over everything, but I think at the moment, I just want to know, like, how do you feel as a Leicester fan right now? Like, are you, you're not gloating, but are you are you satisfied with the points haul? Are you satisfied with the style of play, knowing things are going to get better because it's been in fits and starts and patches? Um... But also, are you actually at the stage where, and this is where I am, just to give a bit away, kind of going, it's kind of what I expected. It's kind of what I expected Leicester to be. Slightly disjointed and not the finished article in any way, shape, but very promising with more to come, more signings to come, players still to leave, but we've got the two wins in the championship and then through in the cup as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting quite pretty as I'm walking around. I would say it's an unexpectedly uh, positive feeling at the moment because I said on the previous podcast I I thought Leicester would probably start fairly slowly uh, and that's just because the fact that the players that are already here they've they've, uh, got an entirely new system to play, uh, new manager, new ideas, um, new players coming in. You know, we've still got a few more weeks of the transfer window. I didn't expect us to go back-to-back wins in the championship uh, you would always expect Leicester entering the the League Cup in the in the early rounds to 
to successfully navigate that regardless of uh, of what league they're in and who's the manager at the time. Um, but considering they haven't absolutely blown anybody away, they've found a way to win. And that is essentially what the championship is about because a lot of the games are quite tight. There's there's a lot of decent teams. There's, there's not many teams that will, that will um, give up the fight, if you like. And to start the season... Uh, against Coventry, who obviously made it to the playoff final last season, so they're a decent side. Uh, to to start the season in that style, and and find a way to win that match, and then control for large periods against Burton. Yes, it was Burton Albion. Not that bothered. There were a few changes to give a few other players a chance to fit into the system in a competitive way, uh, and then Huddersfield as well. Tight game. Found a way through. You can say what you like about the Huddersfield goalkeeper. The fact of the matter is the score sheet said Leicester uh, won the game 1-0 and that's all that matters. And and I think it's the lateness of the goals as well, which means that Leicester are, are fully focused, fully committed to the, to, the, uh, to the process, if you like. And they haven't wavered. They've trusted it. He's clearly got it drilled into them, Maresca. Uh, they've bought into it and they keep on pushing keep on playing the way he wants to play uh, and some quite late goals have have picked up back-to-back championship wins and we're in the automatic pr- uh, promotion spot so we'll just wrap up the season now shall we yeah stop right now it's fine it's it's an interesting scenario because you've got a, a squad of players who I know the favorites or the, the better players and fans favorites have gotten and left but you've got a squad where a manager's come into and has gone, this is the way we're playing. I was talking earlier actually about England uh, in terms of the women's side down under and how um, the manager came in and basically identified what were the, and, and let's get it right, the, the, the regime beforehand was just a complete farce. They, they identified our strong points. This might sound 101 football, but it's amazing how a lot of clubs don't do this. Now you, and, and you don't have to for the way that Leicester, for what Leicester have done, basically, how the Leicester have gone about things. Essentially, you, you look at the squad, you judge the squad and go, what are our strengths? Let's play to our strengths with what we've got. And, of course, at international level, you've only got that select band of players because you can't go and sign someone from Brazil, can you? Um, and, well, unless you're England, actually, you can go over to North, uh, Republic of Ireland and, and, and pinch up Declan Rice, etc. But anyway, um, but what you can do is you've got to work with what you've got. And... At Leicester, that's absolutely not been the case because Enzo Mareska has come in and gone, right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And if you can fit into this system, there is obviously the players who are leaving because of the relegation, etc. and who want to go on to play somewhere else. That's fine. But also, there are players out there who haven't fitted into this system or style of play that you would have thought would have been a possible first-team regular. Probably Harry Souter would have been an ideal um, pick here and, and, and maybe the goalkeeper as well um, it looks like those two are going to be farmed off it's so that's the interesting scenario like a guy's come in and gone right it's a completely different style if you don't fit into this you're out and that might be through no fault of your own Harry Souter for example if you want to leave because you want to go elsewhere because we're in a championship that's fine but then it might attract players who were going to go back to the club and we had that scenario of six players turning round very strange that this was announced but it, it was that six players have basically turned around and gone 
actually, I really like the way we're doing things now under Maresca, and I'm buying into it, and I've changed my mind, I don't want to go. And we don't really know who they are, but you look at people like Kalechi Inacho probably being one of them. Uh, Volt Vass looks to be an ideal candidate there. And that's great. That's that's absolutely what you want. And then you've got also the likes of maybe even, say, like a Dennis Pratt as well, who's who's now been a focal part in the team because of the style of football that he can bring and also the position that he can play. He can play in that extra number eight position alongside Drewsbury Hall um, up until possibly this new loan signing who will come on to from Chelsea might take that role. But also he'll be very interesting playing as further back as well. He could play maybe back in the Winks role if he needs replacing. Obviously Chowdhury can play there. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it's, it's basically you look at the side and you go, right, are we going to play to the strength of this squad? It's not the case. It's a complete rip-up of the book. And this is what we all expected and we were told would happen. But, of course, unless you, you see it on the field of play in the championship, you don't quite understand it or you don't quite believe it until you see it. And then against Coventry, it was so all over the place. There were there were moments of, and when I mean moments, I'm like five or ten minutes of... We're, we're playing really well. We're playing some brilliant football. But then we're so open at the back and disjointed at times, we should have lost the game, but we didn't. We found a way and won. And that's because of the the quality of the squad overall, the quality of the delivery from Dennis Pratt, the two goals from Dewsbury Hall. And we found a way to win. You then go away and win in the cup and a lovely back heel flick goal. But then you play Huddersfield and equally... You come under pressure. The defence then stands up. Volt Vass, again, possibly one of these six players who are now fully on board with Leicester in the championship and is looking possibly at a, a championship medal. That's what, he's, that's what he's after. Performing extremely well, we get the goal. The new signing, the winger, Mavididi, who looks good, scores the goal. Great song by the crowd, by the way. What a great song for Mavididi. And you win 1-0 away like it, it, it's almost the perfect start because if Leicester turned into his free-flowing side straight away and clicked my first thought would have been well, hang on what, what happened last year last season and I know we're not going to dwell on that but it almost would have been the case like what really did go on but because you can see that Leicester are playing in such fits and starts it's so exciting for what possibly and hopefully will happen is when they click into gear and play like this for not the whole 90 minutes but for longer periods and you think that they're going to turn some teams over if they do that they've got to work at the final third but that will come through new signings etc and also all this play further back will eventually lead to chances and less to take a few I mean perhaps should have scored shouldn't he against Huddersfield but it, it would have made it a lot more secure and it's just so promising. It's just so promising on every level, um, minus a few injuries. I think the exciting thing for me is that the Leicester have got three wins in a row and have only probably hit 50-60% of the potential that they could reach sort of this season when, when they really are sort of fully... That the, the Maresca style is fully natural to them. At the moment, they're still, you would imagine, having to think very hard, where should I be at this point? Uh, and Maresca himself, he will have played this system before. There's no, that, that he will have researched this and, and worked this way uh, in the past, but not with this group of players. So he'll still be learning things as well. So everybody's still really uh, having to think about things at the moment. And that might be where that, 
sort of instinctive final ball in the final third isn't quite there at the moment. When when this becomes perfectly natural and every player knows their job inside out, and I'm not saying the shackles are on at the minute, but they become maybe even more uh, free to to express themselves or to make those split second judgments. That's when they could start to absolutely destroy some teams. And let's be honest, we're not going to run away with the championship by battering everybody 5-0 every week. It's just not possible. Even though you look at the squad and you see a lot of highly respected pundits saying this is probably uh, one of the, if not the strongest squad they've ever seen in the championship. Uh, That is the case, but it does not necessarily mean that you're going to win every game 5-0, especially not with the new system. The, The six players are interesting because they make things a lot easier in a way. Because if Maresca is happy to keep all six of them and believes totally that they can fit into this system he's not trying to change the system to fit the players the system is the system and if you're coming in then you need to play you need to do this job if he believes that those six players can do it you're imagining that they're six senior international footballers then if he thinks they fit in his system and they've bought into it then that's a massive positive because that means that there need to be fewer transfers taking place between now and the end of the month. I still think Leicester are a couple of players light, and that's exactly what Maresca has said, uh, and there will still be some outgoings. But, you know, if, if you're thinking about those names like Pratt and Fass, you don't need to get another central midfielder. You don't need to get another centre-back for for those two. You, you have done in, in general. They've had to buy uh, or loan in Cassaday to, to be a more forward-thinking player. He's looking for another centre-back because of the injury to Cody. But imagine if Fass and Pratt had turned around and said, no, I'm not involved in this. That's another centre-back and another central midfielder you've got to get uh, and sort of blood into the squad. So the fact that these players want to stay, indeed he might be another one, uh, it's very clear that he can't now play that uh, sort of deep-lying midfield role because it typically that used to be a sort of... Uh, destroyer kind of role, tackle, head, win the ball, lay it off to the more technically gifted player. In this system, it is the technically gifted player. Ndidi can't play there. He's not good enough in possession, especially not in his own half. I wouldn't f- wouldn't fancy Ndidi coming and taking it off the centre-backs midway inside his own half with his back to, the, back to the goal. No, thank you. But he's athletic, so he fits into one of those two... Uh, like number eight roles that you just described there, Pete, with Jewsbury Hall on the other side. Dennis Pratt can do that. Cassaday's probably going to come in to do that job. So at the moment, I think the squad probably looks a little bit heavy, if anything. There's a few players not making the bench for what have been called technical reasons. Samare, Daka missing out. Um, I think there's still a lot of transfer business to do, but the fact that these established Leicester City players have bought into it means that, I think that's a real positive for for a bit of continuity. I do. It's uh, I, I can see plenty of players still going. You mentioned Daka and and I still think Ian Acho until the transfer window closes. I, I think late in the transfer window they'll have to turn down bids. But Daka, Samare, Castagna being constantly linked. Castagna with with Fulham and yeah, technical reasons. Well, technical reasons is they want to leave. He doesn't fancy him. We've had a good start. There's no point in playing them because you've got players who can, who want to be here and want to play, and and that's absolutely fine. You know, things could be going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to. When you know, when it comes to transfers, 
um, and dealings. You know, Everton have been looking at Dakar and maybe that's the case and maybe he was having talks. Who knows? Um, so not a problem there. But uh, yeah, Ndidi's a real funny one because, to be honest, that was his problem. That's been Ndidi's... I'll say it's his downfall, but that they were the problems last year with Ndidi. It was the silly mistakes in those pressurised positions, deep line midfield where if you do give the ball away, you're in trouble because of the position on the field of play. And then he lost what he was good at, the tackling, the all-action Ndidi that we've loved and seen over the years at Leicester. Now, I agree with you. If he's in one of those two number eights, so we're talking about one player sitting in front of the back line, we're talking winks, and he will receive the ball, give and go, play starts through him, and then two players further forward, Jewsby Hall one side, Cassidy possibly the other one, Pratt fits that role very well, you know, in, in a similar kind of time of player to, to Jewsby Hall, uh, and, and would be a very good player in the championship. Uh, if he's fully for the cause, which again, it seems like he might be one of those six who are now. And But if you're putting Didi in one of those positions, we saw it against Coventry, it's it's very strange, awkward, kind of exciting, because you've got this galloping giraffe like trying to get forward. We know he's finishing, even though he had that side foot finish against Burton in the top corner, which was fantastic, but his finishing's not up to scratch in what we've seen over his entire career at Leicester. Um, the final pass isn't there, but it's Wilfred and Didi, all action, and in the championship, that's exciting wherever he is in the field. An added bit of height is good as well. Um, and then when we talk about the defenders, so, so he's an interesting player in those positions. And even though I think there's still a very good chance he might leave, he's actually a very good player to have in the squad. Just looking at him in the championships, just just an intriguing scenario. And again, if it comes on... If he comes on for a player, you know, you, you bring in on Wilfred and Didi. He's actually a very worthwhile player to have, isn't it, in a squad who's, again, lacking that little bit of height in places. But when you look further back in the field, you look at the defence. Volt Vass, very good. Uh, Vestergaard's not really done an awful lot wrong. We know he's slow, but again, that height in the championship, we saw Coventry putting plenty of balls into the area and other teams will do the same. And I thought he was very good. Obviously, problems then with him turning, etc. But that's where adaptions might, might be made with having someone like James Justin in the back three, possibly not out wide. We've seen that before. I mean, we've had that over a half a not half a season where James Justin kind of went back towards a back three. And I, I remember saying on the podcast actually, I can see him later in his career becoming a, a one side of a back three because he's so versatile. Uh, that would be very useful and obviously add pace. Issues. So so the squad at the moment looks very good. I, I think every player who goes will be replaced. Um, what's that? Is that a fire engine over there or something? Or other? I think so. Someone's kicked off. Anyway, um, I, I, I think every player who leaves will be replaced. So that's one thing. If they lose a player who has been playing in the team, obviously that will lead to another signing and there's rumours about more players from Manchester City the more the merrier according to me but then you look elsewhere in the side and you look at the injury problems Cody the fact that he's going to be out for I think we're up to like six weeks now because he was out for 10 but we've had three taken off that I'd love first of all silence for ages which was a bit worrying and then Mares got very sensible answer he's been out for 10 weeks we've had three so seven great fantastic the goalkeeper looks like he'll be back. Um, 
the 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 youngster who played in goal against um, against Huddersfield didn't do anything wrong, and also uh, in goal against Burton. Um, good distribution, looks confident. Why not be on the bench? And then that looks a new uh, a no brainer to get rid of the other two goalkeepers. Um, I really like the look uh, of on well apparent number one, uh, just Schmeichel all over. Some really good saves, very confident. Something about him slightly lacking in height, but kind of what we what we expected really. Um, and hopefully this injury is nothing special. Looks like he'll be back for the next game. Uh, so at the moment it's fine. It's just at the other end of the field. Love Vardy to get a goal. I think he needs to get going, get a goal, get confidence, get that extra half a yard of pace, which is obviously slipping with age. But Coletti and Nacho surely is the number one striker straight down the middle. They will need another one if we do let Pats and Daka go. But then again, there would be money available for that uh, if they go down the route of signing someone rather than maybe on loan. Um, I do think they'll be light there. I know Mavadidi can move into the centre, um, but they've lost, you know, likes of Hurst has gone, etc. So you look further back, there's not really many. So very, very positive. And also, I went to the club shop, actually, and I'm quite happy to report that the the, the third strip's not quite as bad as... Other, it's not quite as orange as I thought. There's a there's a little bit of peach in there, I think, when you see it up, up close. Uh, so I'm, I'm greatly buoyed by that, even though... Um, I think it would have been better with black king power on the front rather than in white. That's uh, not like you to be reasonably indifferent to a football kit. You've normally got very strong opinions. Uh, last last thing I think on the on the pitch in terms of summarising what's happened in the first three games is the for me the shape one when we lose the ball is our biggest issue because there's no doubt that the football that we're trying to play, even if the the final third passes aren't quite clicking as often as you'd like them to, or, or the finishing maybe from the on-rushing midfielders isn't quite there. That You keep creating chances, eventually one of those will go in. My concern is how open we have been at times when we lose the ball, particularly in the, the middle third. You know, if you lose the ball in, in your attacking third, then fine. The, the players have got a lot of chance to reset. Um, but this is a system that, that drags your own players around naturally to create the spaces but I think that there are still uh, a few steps needed to to tighten that up. And we got exposed against pretty much every opponent we've played so far. Uh, and they weren't able to punish us. And, you know, you might argue that's the nature of, of the championship and the first round of the League Cup. You're not going to come across that many teams that will punish you uh, too often. But I th- still think that it could be our downfall at times. You know, when when you lose your your right back or sometimes your left back, depending on who's playing there, into the central midfield role, which they, that's the where they move to as soon as Leicester have got the ball, that instantly puts you down to three defenders rather than four. That naturally spreads the two wider ones of the three centre backs out towards the touchline to to create an option. And at the moment, that central mid uh, central defender of the three is Yannick Vestergaard, and you touched upon it earlier, Pete, he's disastrously slow. There was a, a couple of times in the Coventry game where I just I, I, ch- I had to check someone hadn't tied his laces together or something daft like that. He just did not and could not move. And yes, for the aerial barrages that will come late on in championship games when we're, when we're leading, he's, he's very useful for that. But typically, when you've got three centre-backs, 
usually you would end up a little bit tighter in and you would have that person like Vestergaard five yards deeper than the other two. The other two would be a lot quicker, a lot more mobile and they would cover any any kind of um, any balls over the top, balls into the channels that Vestergaard is just not going to be able to deal with. And, and there were a couple of times when him and Doyle were having a bit of a pop at each other in the Coventry game where Vestergaard wanted Doyle closer to him uh, and Doyle had gone out to press uh, a wide attacker. And and that's where the clarification of their role needs to be very, very uh, secure from the manager to them, but also from from uh, f- from the player's point of view. Because I can understand totally why Vestergaard wants Doyle to come in closer to him so that they can sort of defend the width of the penalty area together. Uh, and they got exposed as, as Doyle missed the through ball and Vestergaard had absolutely no chance of catching the striker. So it's it's those little fine tunes that need to still be done, but it's very refreshing to to see that the manager and and the fans actually, and this is a big thing that everybody understands that this is still very much a work in progress. It's not the finished article. It wasn't get all the work done in pre season and then we'll be a hundred percent ready to go against Coventry. So that's why it is on the whole very pleasing. Three positive results some positive aspects of the performances and I still think there's a lot more to come. And then you look at the fixtures and the fixtures, Rob, you've got Cardiff at home and Cardiff very up and down. I thought they were very good against Leeds and then they lose to the disaster that was QPR apparently after their first day defeat. And That's the championship summed up in, in one team's start to the season. Nothing expected from them, great results and then a disastrous home defeat. You play at home against Cardiff, you then go to Rotherham away, which you've got to be looking for three points. And then you play, yes, you've got the cup game against Tranmere, um, a lovely link there with Tranmere. Obviously, Leicester beat them in the 2000 League Cup, Matt Elliott, etc. Uh, fantastic that Big Wes and Martin O'Neill did the draw. And if you saw that, wow, that was something else. I, I said, actually, when they were going to do the draw, they're holding microphones. So that's quite strange because if you think about a draw with the FA Cup or League Cup, you put one hand in the bag, you pull it out, you turn it around, maybe using both hands, and then you put 23, and then you hold it up, 23, and then it's... But if you're standing there with a, a handheld microphone and you've got to do that, so you've got to do that one-handed, that's not quite as easy as it sounds because if you pick it up, you've got to then move it around in your hand to look at it. It could be a six or a nine, you know. So I can understand why it got a little bit awkward. I, I I think they might do away with that next time and have just a lot of Pell mics or just, you know, maybe a boom mic to pick them up. I don't know, but that didn't quite work. And, of course, Martin <laughs> ends up talking into the ball that he picked. What was he doing? But I, I can kind of understand, but it was really funny. And then, he, of course, they pull out Tranmere against Leicester. So uh, they'll be looking to go through, but it's the League Cup, you know, if they, if they play a reserve team or, or a change side and there's an upset, whatever. But then you play at home against Hull. So, Cardiff at home, rather away, Hull at home. Before you take on then Southampton, Norwich, and, and Bristol City look like they got something about them. But you t- you take on um, Southampton and uh, and Norwich. So, two more difficult games in the Championship. I've just moved underneath a, um, I think it's an American football pitch actually on this AstroTurf, and uh, I'm in one of the the stands, the uh, the benches actually, and I think it's maybe a little bit echoey, but never mind. So, just looking at those games, Rob. Because of the start we've had, Leicester will be looking at those three games and going, it's 
it's not getting ahead of ourselves by any way, shape or means. That, that we could win those three games. You were looking at winning the two games at home, certainly. But then the away game, you're playing Rotherham. And if you've got any ideas about winning the league, you've got to be looking for three points there. So it's not too out of out of character, really, to be positive for me. I don't know. I think I'm a positive person. But for Leicester to actually go into those games against Southampton with full points, and you would imagine would be top of the league with that, even though the likes of Ipswich have started well. The work I do for Southampton, they had a crazy draw against Norwich. How that was a penalty in injury time for them to rescue a point, to draw 4-4, I don't know. But um, So that's why I think Norwich might be... They've got a little bit about them. But it's all about getting promoted, straight back up, straight back up Leicester City, you know, as the song goes. And as much as we're talking about the play, as much as we're talking about the system, as much as we're talking about the style and that, it is just about the points. And I know that you could say that about anything in football. Look at last season as the prime example. But we've started so well. And I think, Rob, if you look at that first team, when it gets to the end of the month, it will look different. And I think that they will. And if they carry on winning, and I think the board will get involved. And if there are players who don't want to be there, but the offers haven't quite come in, etc., surely they'll get to a point where they want hang on, we, we don't want anyone to rock this boat. The boat is sailing very nicely, thank you very much. So if you don't want to be here, I just think players will be shipped out. So I think fans probably have to be wary of players maybe going on loan when you think that actually they would have been sold purely for them not to disrupt what could be a season where we actually go six wins out of six. Yeah, I think the, at this stage, the for that reason, the outgoings are equally as important as the as the incomings because really if you look at the squad that we've got now I think most of us would be perfectly happy to at least get to the January transfer window with with these players obviously that's that's on paper that's based on the the quality of them uh, not necessarily based on who is fully involving themselves in in the Maresca regime and who's not and like you said, if if a couple of those players go, not only does that free up a bit of the finance, uh, the uh, a bit of finance to to replace them, but it also it means that um, that they are going to not well, they're not going to upset anything. And I, I don't think there's there don't seem to be many players in the squad right now that would really start to shake things up, but it can still be a bit of a, a downer. Let's say you're somebody like Pats and Dacker, who I've never seen without a smile on his face, but it it's quite clear to me that he his less his his lesser career's never really got going. So to say it's over is a is a is a bit of an exaggeration really, because it's never really begun. Um but you don't then want to maybe outprice certain clubs that want him and and keep him around the place because he's he's just not going to be uh, a really positive influence around the training ground. I'm not saying for a second he's going to disrupt things, but he is currently quite clearly the third choice striker. I don't think he's the kind of striker that fits into this system because it, it, from what I've seen so far, the striker is is quite often expected to play with the back to goal, drop in a little bit, and it's the runners beyond that are the, that are the players that are really causing the problems, particularly with two wide forwards in this in this setup. So it, it doesn't suit Dakar. Leicester hasn't really suited Dakar. 
Um, and, and players like that are essentially bulking out the squad unnecessarily. Because, like you say, you could move Mavadidi in. Um, you could even... I'm, I, I know we're in the Championship, let's not get carried away, but you could even, if if you don't want Vardy or Inacho in there, you could play somebody in a more of a false nine position, such as the the way that players are expected to get beyond them. Because you look at Jewsbury Hall on one side and Didi on the other, and then Mavadidi one side, and then whether it's... Um, Madivadua or uh, McAteer at the moment that's playing down the right-hand side. Those players are expected to get beyond the striker, so we're not really looking for pacey in-behind, on-the-shoulder strikers, and that's what Dakar is. Uh, he's not going to get the service. That's why I worry a little bit for someone like Vardy. Um, but, yeah, looking at the fixtures and the fact that the the uh, international break comes um, in September, the transfer window ends 1st of September... I think by the time those two events come around, I don't think it's unrealistic to expect to be top of the uh, top of the championship or or in the automatic um, promotion places. And if you're taking this Saturday against Cardiff, you're looking for three points there. You're looking for three points away at Rotherham as well. Those are your two um, before the uh, two championship fixtures before the transfer window closes. You also obviously got to go away to Tranmere, as you said. Um, can't believe that's as long ago as it is when you say when you say the Tranmere Cup final I'm like oh yeah only a few years ago wasn't was it let's uh there's a few gray hairs gone by since then um and then Hull at, at home before the international break so you got three championship games that are very much winnable and hopefully we'll continue this momentum because I I think I said it on the the preview podcast a couple of weeks ago Momentum in this division is absolutely key, especially the fact that you're playing uh, most most weeks. You're playing weekend, midweek, mid weekend, midweek. You can very quickly get yourself stuck in a bad run of form, um, but you can also very quickly rack up the points because the games keep coming. Win, win, draw, draw. You know, keep keep pushing. Really, I think because it's um, as I said at the very top of this podcast, is a very positive start and unexpectedly positive start and long may it continue yeah just on one or two of them youngsters actually I've been quite impressed with uh, McAteer actually I know he played on the opening day of the season I thought he did very well he had that one chance but finishing is what you put you know, I, I just thought he, he looks he looks like a player who could be very useful and not in the style of, oh we need someone just to fill that gap I think there, there is a, a proper player there I do like him um, and then yeah it, it, it's just all going nicely now Rob I'm looking over uh, towards the pitch I've got the Rand uh, team warming up they're actually you know this but they are they've got a very very good um blind football side so they're warming up over there and then to a, turn to my right and uh, you've got the brazilians and uh, brazil against iran is is coming up quite quickly actually actually and i need to kind of uh, get sorted here so we're going to call it a day with the podcast for this week now obviously because of events that I'm doing and Rob's doing etc it's all a bit of a mismatch it will settle down and we'll get back into a, a regular rhythm of the podcast don't worry and actually we'll be at the King Power Stadium together in the not too distant future Rob looking forward to that um, and so we'll be doing the podcast from there so yeah some proper good stuff coming up on the podcast but I'm sure everyone will uh, understand I'm here for basically the next 12 days in Birmingham you're uh, still having holidays everyone else is probably listening to this on holiday and then they'll understand the fact that we've recorded from Malta and from Egypt and from all sorts of places over the last few weeks and months so uh, yeah for now Rob 
I think it's just basically what's the score going to be on Saturday. Thanks everyone for entering the FPL, by the way. And um, after a few weeks, we'll give an update on on the Premier League, whatever that is. I don't know. Um, what a mess of a how that wasn't a, a foul for Wolves. Yeah, we're better out of it. Um, anyway, Cardiff at home. It's going to be a Leicester win, and I think we might bag a few. I'm not getting ahead of myself because of the wins, but I'm going. F- 4-1. I'm still going to go for 1 though. 4-1. I'm going I, I thought the same as you. I think uh I think something will click where we score uh a reasonable number of goals. I will go slightly less optimistic than you. I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1. Good man. Right. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Again, we'll be back uh, when we can, hopefully next week uh, on the back of another Leicester win. And uh, that's it for now. That's it from very sunny and warm Birmingham. Uh, where Mariano, actually, one of the head referees, is taking the mic because it's only 21 degrees and it's me with suntan cream on and the collar done up and a hat on and all sorts of stuff. So make sure you give us a follow at FFSpod when it comes to Twitter and if you tap in for Fox 8 Podcast on Facebook, you can find us there. Many thanks for listening. Anything else, Rob, to report? No, enjoy the football. Yes, come on England for the weekend. Come on England for the blind football as well. But when it comes to the women's game, England against uh, Spain, isn't it, in the final on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Hopefully we can be uh, world and European champions. How about that? And uh, we'll see what happens here. But uh, I think Argentina look a good thing in the women's and in the men's. Uh, I think Japan actually look quite good, but we'll wait to see what Brazil like as they uh, start to walk over and get a bit close. Right, that's it from me. That's it from you. That's it for the podcast this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. 